Hi everyone and welcome back to episode 14 of the Substitute Therapists. Um, we're back after Easter. I hope everyone had a lovely few weeks respite. If you can call it a respite, um, if you weren't too inundated with uni work. Um, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about men's mental health. We're going to be having that conversation around the perceptions, the realities and kind of the future of men's mental health, the narrative, the experiences. Um, we're lucky enough to be joined by Jonah, who will be coming on in a little while to join in that conversation and to really dig in to that conversation. And as ever, Poppy is here um, and she will be joining us throughout the conversation as well. Um, and as ever, we'll be talking about all the Instagram polls that we put up and we'll be playing some good music along the way. Before we get cracking with today's episode, I just wanted to place a trigger warning here. There is conversations and discourse surrounding mental health and suicide within the episode. So if that is not for you today, if you're not in the right place to um, be involved or listen to that conversation, then we are more than happy to let you go now. Um, and then we will see you again next week. If you don't want to listen to the episode today, but you will eventually we will be uploading these episodes as ever to Spotify at some point. I'm really looking forward to the conversation this week, even though I won't be able to add to it because I haven't had the same experiences and I haven't been like, I'm not, I literally can't speak this week either. This is what Easter break does. Um, but yeah, basically I'll just be really glad to sit back and kind of listen to you and Jonah talk about it. It's amazing that Jonah's on today, given that this period of, the semester is such a busy time and everyone else has so many different other commitments so it's great that he's been kind enough to come on and chat with us and yeah it will just be really interesting to kind of sit back and listen to your guys' experiences and thoughts and add to it where necessary where you feel relevant definitely I think that's the beauty of our our dynamic on this show is there are so many times where it's call for one of us to lead the conversation and the other one to um be present and actively participate whilst letting the other person lead. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I think as well, it's we've obviously done one on kind of women's mental health and me and Kira, Kira came on to do the one about menstrual health and stuff a lot more specific to women. And so I think it was really important we get to do this side of it as well. And just in general to be able to know when to take a step back and when to elevate other like other voices on certain aspects of conversations which you can't add to or don't have the correct experiences to add to so yeah I'm really looking forward to kind of just hearing more and hearing about your guys's thoughts to which Jonah should be coming on soon I definitely agree I agree in the sense of and we've said it before with so many other topics and especially when Kira came on and you guys had that conversation about like menstrual health endometriosis the only way I truly believe for them conversations to cut through is if you have those conversations with a wider group of people and you talk to and you include in them conversations people that actually don't all can't actively experience it but they should be listening and acknowledging kind of thing which I think is super super important and what makes our dynamic very nice and useful <laughs> I don't Fingers know crossed. what I'm saying today I'm trying to formulate sentences we've got dissertation <laughs> brain a few weeks yeah, yeah we I, I honestly have okay exactly well what I've got Jonah has just entered the waiting room so I will let him in hello hi yeah uh, how you doing how are we 
Okay. So apart from builders being the bane of my life, um, I've been good. I've been really good, actually. Um, out of nowhere, <laughs> which is bizarre. Um, but yeah, just just plodding along, uh, really enjoying my two modules this semester. Um, so let's get cracking. Um, I just wanted to start off the conversation. Obviously, you have now uh, open re- relationship talking about mental health, otherwise you wouldn't be here. But what I just wanted to start off the conversation about what is that relationship now that you have with mental health, like either experiencing mental health, speaking about mental health, and then just to add on to it further, like how has that relationship with mental health changed over time? Was there ever a time, say, that you didn't have a very good relationship with mental health? That's a big question. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think I'm definitely, as you say, uh, if I didn't have a, an open relationship with it, I wouldn't be here. Um, definitely a lot more open with it now. Um, I think probably because in myself, I feel a lot better. Um, like those times when I have felt really rubbish, um, it was it was something I really didn't talk about. And of course, like, as we all know, like that is the paradox of it like when you're feeling bad you don't want to talk about it and that is what helps you like that's what therapy is essentially um but I think like, I've had quite a, like a, a long relationship with it like I have, I have my first ever like counseling session well long in terms of in my life but not in terms of everyone else's experience but like, I had my first counseling session when I was 17 um and kind of at that point thought like you know you just you just go to counselling once and they sort you out and then you're sorted. And I guess I thought that because um, for them, like maybe a year or so after, I felt really good. And then just things happen along the way that just start affecting you. And then you know, a little depression pops up and it's like, hi, I'm still here. And you're like, oh, can you not be here? Um, yeah. Does that answer the question? No, I definitely, I definitely agree that, and I think what you picked up on, like it's long, it's like it's long, it's like a long journey, and like probably not very easy for you to get to the point today where you were like, yeah, I'll, I'll come on and talk about my mental health for people to listen to on the radio. Was there like turning points growing up? Like, was there points where you were like, and I think you spoke about it, like when you need to talk and when you need that help you don't and then it's afterwards was there ever a point in your life where you was like like I need to I need to start talking about mental health more I need to be more honest and I need to seek that help um yeah I suppose I think the the first time that I ever realized that I needed to talk to someone about it it wasn't actually myself um myself admitting admitting that I think it was like I you know I'd, I'd come home from school a lot bawling my eyes out and my mum was like right do you want to go and talk to someone because it sounds like you might have some mental health issues and so I was and she said you know what just go and try it if you hate it you hate it um and went and tried it and then um yeah you know it really really helped me um and then in the last year well the last two years um I I basically thought my mental health issues had disappeared and then they came up and came back with an absolute vengeance last year. Um, and at that point, like I was able to 
recognize that okay this at this point i need to do something about this because i was able to recognize those feelings but also luckily i did have just like amazing people around me like um my housemates have been so great with it um and one of them you know he really sat me down and was just like look you need to do something about this because i care about you and i can't see you this upset anymore so yeah i'm, I'm thankful for him to that um i have a question sorry i have a quick question to both of you it's both of you really um just kind of picking up on where you've had the support where people have kind of sat you down or talked to you about it um as to whether kind of specifically in relation to men's mental health as well if you found kind of either in secondary school this is so not one question this is loads but um kind of present progression in terms of like university and kind of the differences that maybe you've had with talking to other men specifically do you think that's changed between kind of secondary school and uni because I know that you mentioned that your mum was there for you when you kind of came home from school in quite a bad way and then actually now you've sat down with um friends so I just wasn't sure for both of you if you kind of noticed quite a big difference in terms of um men being more open and the support from specifically other male friends um in regards to like how that's changed over the years I think for me for me personally um I think what you said there about it being a more modern thing is absolutely right. Like, I don't, I, I don't think we ever really knew anything about depression or anxiety when, well, personally, I didn't know anything about it when I was 17, 18. And, um, and once I then went to counselling, um, I that like, I was in a position, like, in a boarding house where I was, like, the head of the house, as tragic as that is. Um, but I was in a position where I could, like, I did give, like, morning addresses to the whole house. So I did then, uh, like, I took the opportunity to say to to all these blokes in the room that probably never talked about it before, like, yeah, this is, a, you know, if you ever need to talk to anyone, I'm always, my door's always open now, and the school counselling services there. But, um, but I do think it is, in general, like, more of a modern thing, like, since I came to uni. And I, I probably even noticed the difference between first and second year. And that's maybe just because I was way closer to the people I was around because you go from halls to housemates. Um, and I definitely noticed at that point, and maybe it's because my mental health was getting visibly worse, that people then um, started talking to me. But yeah, I, I, would, I would say it's more of a, a modern thing. I would agree. It's definitely more of a modern thing. And for me personally, in response to your question, Poppy, is... I just like point blank didn't talk to anybody about it like I was just like and I was if you talk to anyone that I went to school with I was always like the class clown so they say and like trying to make everyone else laugh and that was just my way of dealing like I didn't have to think about how I was feeling if I was making other people laugh and like I'd spend all day at school like and that was my way of dealing with it if I could make other people laugh that was my distraction and then I'd come home and I wouldn't even like speak about it with my family like I'd bring that back home and I'd like I'd be loud and I'd be laughing and then I would go away and then I'd deal with that myself because that's that's how I saw it I was like oh this is my problem it's no one else's like I'll, I'll deal with it with myself so it, that was me just completely not talking about it and not recognizing it and it wasn't until I would say like first year of uni that I started talking about mental health a little bit more and there was like I think towards the end of sixth form and like bits in sixth form where I was like okay this is like serious that I need to like start sorting out and then when I came to uni I became I don't even know what it was I can't tell you like a turning point where I was just like 
became so open with talking about mental health and such an advocate for mental health but my my journey of it was like it was my kind of journey that I kept to myself and I didn't want to bother anybody else I just didn't talk about it at all never mind with who who I was talking to because I just wasn't talking to anybody about it kind of thing I relate to that on a supreme level but especially the the class clownness of it and I think that's probably like I think that is in this but like quite a blokey thing to happen like to ignore your own feelings by making other people laugh and for a long long time I really thought that's what works and I think to an extent it does work for me in that making other people happy makes me happy but um yeah I relate to that very very highly I have another question I'm gonna have so many questions sorry guys um but yeah I, obviously I, I'd like to think and I hope and there are kind of quite a few instances in terms of society's like wider understanding and kind of empathy towards mental health has progressed but in terms of like um, men's mental health specifically, do you think, as well as kind of the wider society's kind of attitude towards it getting better over time, do you think it is sort of a thing which maybe, I don't know, like in secondary school, I don't think I ever, to be honest, I don't think I ever taught knew really what depression or anxiety was either or talked to my like uh, my friends about it. But in terms of kind of talking to your ma- like male friends about it, do you think like the culture within secondary schools maybe specifically as well kind of prevented you guys from talking about it as men um I don't know just like specifically relating it back to kind of men's mental health I don't know if like if it is not just because wider society has gotten better at it but also just because kind of maybe the culture of secondary school men were having to have like a certain kind of pressure on them um or boys were like feeling a certain pressure to be a certain way and maybe in uni that's kind of been let go of a bit because not just wider society's kind of attitudes changing but also just because from with from like kind of age and maturity comes I don't know and at uni maybe there aren't as many pressures because there are such a wide variety of different people yeah I I think unfortunately like it's kind of always going to be a thing that while you're a teenager and going through school as a bloke it is often just trying to impress other people and trying to be a bit more macho than than others um having said that like obviously I can't speak for people that are that age now um so I think like it 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 all sadly like it might always be the case that for boys like it is always going to be a trying to impress other people what sort of one-upmanship being more macho than the other than the next guy having said that like there it's so much at the forefront of what's popular well not at the forefront but it's it's definitely issues of mental health are more widely accepted in in what's popular now so for example like kids you know well everyone loves watching love island and dr alex who was on it a while ago um is now just such a huge like social media presence and he does so much for mental health and he just got that big I don't know what it was actually I realize I'm talking about this and I actually specifically don't know what it was but he got like a big grant towards mental health from Boris or something like that is that right and I just think like seeing that in 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 the media and and, and people that are considered to be cool like portraying things like that it's going to be such more so much more of an open conversation about it which is definitely positive i i just 
agree with what you've just said, Jonah. And I think in response to your question, Poppy, whether it was because school was such like a volatile place or it's because society is getting better in general, I think it's a mixture of both. And I always think back to school and I think children spend five out of seven days at school for like so many hours. And like, if you're not in with like a group of people or like you're not what people think is cool or you're not like the same as everyone else that is a really like lonely and scary place to like having to spend five like the majority of the week there and the majority of your time so I think school kids will always want to like be in the majority they don't want to do things that put them in the minority just because they want to make their lives easier they're like oh I'll get through school I'll have a laugh at school I'll be what the, all these other kids are um and I think that leads into the whole like men's mental health like I, I won't be honest about mental health I won't talk about that because that's not what they think the majority of people talk about like when I I mean I was when we talk about like men at school or like the lads at school like I wasn't in the majority so like I never did like sports or I never like hung around with all the lads and that was even like quite an isolating place for me like I remember like just as an example like getting changed for PA like I, that was like probably the worst thing that I could ever do at school I was like because I was in a minority there like I wasn't in with the lads so it is an isolating place I feel like people do what they can to be in the majority and then I think talking about in society is in general I think I know we're talking about men's mental health but I think mental health is like a topic like, if you think 10 years ago, like, people wouldn't talk about mental health, like, at all, like, forced, like, just avoid the conversation. So I think once you are able to talk about mental health, then you can start talking about all these other things that come into it. So I think it's a mixture of both. And like Jonah said, like, come into uni. And I feel like people just do let go when they grow up. Like, they do, like, have that sense of... What am I trying to say? Um, I think it's literally just at uni like I, I, I remember I came to Manchester and I was like I can just do what I want like I don't, I'm not in uni five days a week I'm not in uni for like from nine till three like although it's a big part of your life that is not your life I can be who I want whereas like it's not I've got to be at school and then I'll be who I want kind of thing if that answers your question all poppy so it's all like building on what Callum was saying um about being in like the main group of people i think it's i think it's uh i can't say it's as equally a claustrophobic place to be because i wouldn't know but like being in that mainstream group of people is is kind of e it can be just as damning in that you kind of have to then fit a mold or like for example i, I can speak for it from like a rugby team's perspective you like it's it's not an atmosphere well, it what definitely wasn't when I was there. It wasn't really an atmosphere where this sort of conversation would ever really be had or accepted. However, I think that now, like, again, I can only really speak from, from a rugby perspective because that's what I know. Um, there's so many, like, professional athletes and many of the major leagues that do a lot for mental health charities and to promote like an open atmosphere which which again like adds to what we were saying earlier that i think the modern um 
the modern time for want of a better word is is really progressing in the right direction no I think that's really important I think it's really important to kind of know both sides obviously I'm not a man and I haven't had the experiences growing up as a man or a boy but um yeah I think on our polls we basically asked um what are or what do you think are reasons as to why men are less likely to be open about their mental health and I think it is that variety of reasons in terms of it doesn't really matter what group you're in if you're in the kind of the popular or the kind of rugby boy group or you're outside of it like they're both very kind of claustrophobic and or or it sounds like they can be very claustrophobic mm. and or kind of restrictive environments in terms of you don't want to open up for certain yeah. ver- various different reasons and other people also responded and kind of said stereotypically men are expected to be tough and masculinity kind of in yeah. line with this too they've been taught to keep things to themselves because it's not as manly to talk about feelings is it's really interesting hearing kind of about what Callum was saying about how with school it's obviously five days a week and with uni it's not so maybe uni gives you a bit more chance to kind of understand mm. yourself to find out exactly kind of what your own mental health is like to meet people who are more open and you have a you have you you're open to so many more experiences and people at university who are so much more open-minded about stuff whereas schools I think can be quite a claustrophobic environment not because only you're there five days a week and there are certain kind of hierarchical groups and social circles and kind of everyone's yeah you everyone's so mature at school like there's a whole popularity thing and the kind of standards and competitiveness and all of that throughout throughout all these different groups of people and um so yeah it sounds it was really interesting to hear from both of you that um and on the polls how people kind of agree that there is this kind of stereotype specifically for men to kind of be tough and that's probably kind of putting a pressure cooker in a school environment compared to uni when you kind of have the ability to kind of be more yourself and be a more kind of um authentic version of yourself yeah and i think i think also like that um kicking that stereotype is just i think just comes with with maturity so like i definitely you know try to really play up to that at school of being you know the tough macho man who got with loads of girls on the weekend and all that Whereas now, like, uh, one of the main things I've learned to make myself feel better is really not take myself seriously at all. And I think you both know that I don't do that. Like, just couldn't give a, a monkeys of what many people think of me really anymore, which obviously can be a bit dangerous. But, um, but uh, also just, like, not care if you're not necessarily the really tough, big, macho man. Like, if you like wearing pink Crocs, which I'm just staring at right now because I love my pink Crocs, you wear your pink Crocs. I think that's so, like, interesting, like, you've just said it. And I think it's really, like, nice that we've got, like, you on to talk today rather than just, like, me leading the conversation because, like, we've both had journeys with mental health, but I don't think that they could be any more different. Like, my whole time of being in school was, my experiences with mental health was because I wasn't, fitting into that kind of thing and like I there was no way for life of me that I could pretend to be like this macho person that was like getting with girls all the time and I I feel like that's where like my not all of my um not all of my relationships with mental health comes from that but I think it was a big part of it because I felt like the odd one out and I felt like I wasn't like um, a man and I didn't feel like one of the lads I think it's like so interesting that we've got you on to talk about, because our relationships with mental health are so different 
Yeah, it's. I think it's always going to be. It's going to be present in in anyone's mind, whether they fit the mold or not. Because I think people that do fit the mold, um, or perceived to be fitting the mold, might actually be kind of lying to themselves about who they really are, and um, if they do just fit the mold because they fit the mold, then that's you know that's great. Um, but yeah, there's yeah, I'm, I definitely certainly in my case there there was definitely a lot of trying to be something I wasn't, and that's probably you know probably stems from various things, probably because of like the th certain things that I was interested in, like rugby, um, which had a which had a, a stigma and a stereotype around it definitely back then, and to an extent still does now, um, but I think does a lot better now. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it, it can feel just as claustrophobic to be in with those kinds of crowds and not necessarily fully relate to them, but then try to relate to them. Yeah. And just talking about kind of the kind of stereotypes or kind of the pressure, we asked in our polls, are phrases such as man up simply kind of just phrases um, or do they kind of possibly have a greater impact? Like. And I don't know what your what your experiences have been if you kind of have heard those phrases less as time's gone on or kind of growing up, especially like that's such an influential age. And I think that's why kind of secondary school and the difference between secondary school and uni's come up already is obviously when you're younger, you are a lot more impressionable. And do you think that, yeah, what, what have your experiences been with those kind of sorts of kind of stigmatizing kind of phrases of men not being able to show emotions or kind of those those sorts of things have your experiences gotten better over time and all kind of what impact did that have on you growing up I, I like I, again like I, know can, I can only speak for me personally I don't think you know like please no one listening pretend that I know everything <laughs> I can only speak about my own experience so like but so phrases like man up and stuff to me kind of have always just been phrases but maybe that you know now I can recognize that they shouldn't have just, but I shouldn't have sort of, maybe I shouldn't sort of just bat them off and think that's just a phrase because it does have those subconscious connotations. Um, just was just thinking about it just then when you said it. And I, I don't think I actually really use man up anymore. I use grow up a lot, but that just comes from the in-betweeners. <laughs> um, just shout and grow up as loud as I can at someone. But yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, for me, it's it's always just sort of been a phrase, but I can recognise, like, yeah, like, I'm just repeating myself, aren't I? Well, I can recognise that it's wrong, that uh, it is just a phrase to me. So 89% said they thought it was kind of had a greater impact on them, or in, it's just in general. Quite a few um, women as well replied, thinking that, like, maybe from experiences with their boyfriends or male friends, um, and then 11% said it's just a phrase, but I don't know what your experiences were, Callum, as well, because obviously different phrases can hit different people in different contexts in different ways. I think growing up and I think at school it was just a it was just a phrase that's what people said like man up like be a man like grow some balls like all that kind of thing they were just phrases that I think a lot of people use but when I look back at it I think it was phrases like that because they were so normal and because everybody used them, they probably like, without me even knowing and like implicitly like, were the reasons why I felt like I couldn't 
show emotions because I'm like, oh, men don't cry. Like everybody knows that, like everybody knows men don't cry. Everybody knows that you should like man up. You shouldn't be upset about that. You should be man. So I feel like growing up and like in when I was being told it and when I sometimes said it, they were just phrases. But I think when you look back and like in hindsight, they're because of the normalization of them and because they were in every single person's like conversations and dialogue I think probably more likely that's one of the main reasons why a lot of me not speaking about mental health me not wanting to be so open about it I think that's probably where it came from sorry to keep buying in I know this is really it's really not my thing I'm just so interested because a everyone should be interested but um just pick up on what Poppy, you're allowed <laughs> you're allowed to have an opinion on this <laughs> just going back to what you were saying about how like subconsciously phrases affect can have a massive effect from from going out with men um and seeing my partner two of two of the people I've been with have at some point definitely cried and massively had that kind of you can tell it's that those sorts of phrases have subconsciously got into them because when they're crying they're like I shouldn't be crying I shouldn't be crying like ignore me I don't know why I'm crying it's become like a massive like oh I shouldn't be crying don't watch me crying like I'm not crying like pretending not to cry and I'm just sitting there going you're allowed to cry like that is good like literally pour it out that's positive like it's healthy to let out your emotions and it's been a massive thing like letting having me that as like I know Tom won't mind me saying this like Tom's cried and I remember once when he cried he literally didn't even want me to like watch him and it wasn't that I was watching him for like entertainment I was obviously he just didn't want me to see that he was capable of crying and that's not him saying anything about kind of men shouldn't be allowed to show his emotions it's just the pressure he feels from phrases such as kind of man up or men don't cry which have probably subconsciously become ingrained in what he thinks is right and wrong and what men can do and what men can't do which is really toxic and I think that's that's what when Jonah you said that kind of subconsciously it's probably had an effect which maybe you don't even realize until kind of you get to a situation where you are showing excess emotion I think that is something to be really cautious of because of course at the time maybe you can just be like oh yeah I don't care I'm gonna wear my pink crocs I'm gonna do this do that and kind of have that attitude and to an extent in life sometimes you do just need to be like have that attitude and just do whatever you want to do and just take it on the chin but I think subconsciously when it does get to moments where uh, what, what I've seen illustrated in Tom is that it can be it can really complicate that kind of expressing of emotion and that need to express that emotion which is such a difficult thing to contend with when if you're in a place where you are crying you're probably dealing with quite a lot of other stuff already let alone then your own kind of inner battle of oh I shouldn't be crying right now because I'm a man and that's not because you're kind of the sort of per- it's not like you're the sort of per- he's the sort of person who would turn around to a male friend and be like stop crying you're a man it's just the fact that he's internalized all of this kind of inequality in terms of and kind of discrimination in terms of men can't cry yes yeah, that's really interesting like while you were saying that I was thinking that's a real good point I don't let myself cry in front of many people um I think those that are really close to me have seen me cry a lot because I do cry a lot and <laughs> something so silly can set me off but yeah you're right like in in, in front of people that I'm not necessarily super comfortable with I maybe won't want them to see me cry but then again I personally don't think that's just a male issue like a lot of my female friends and especially my girlfriend like don't they don't want people to see them crying and I think that that's just a general stigma we have around people crying like but it's fine we all cry don't we let's be honest I've probably 
will cry later, <laughs> probably because I'm watching some terrible rom-com. Um, but yeah, like it is true. Maybe that does come from those phrases. Um, but my, again, personal opinion is that's not necessarily just a male issue. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I hate anyone seeing me cry. I just didn't know if, especially because Callum put those polls up kind of surrounding those phrases. I didn't know if perhaps those do kind of, as you were talking about earlier, subconsciously kind of get ingrained into it as much as no one likes anyone to see them cry. I don't know if maybe the pressure is more intense for men because of the stigma, especially maybe in public. I don't know. I don't know if ever you both have been upset in public. And I know I don't like making a scene in public at all anyway, but I don't know, maybe being seen by other men or viewed by other men, is there like a pressure, do you think, for you guys um, in how kind of a random man on the street might view you or how he might react or kind of, I don't know. Um, I, that's a good question to be fair, because I, I also agree with Jonah that I don't think that's typically an exclusive thing for men. And I feel like that's probably a reason why we don't cry, that why we don't want to cry in front of people and a a reason that is completely different for other people. But I think that's a good question and I don't think I have the answer to it about whether that is because there is pressure there. I feel instantly I agreed with Jonah that it's not exclusive, but when you phrase it like that, I feel like there probably is that like pressure, there probably is that stigma like, oh, I'm like, stop it, just stop stop doing that in front of these people and I wish that I could have this really eloquent response as to why um that happens um I don't but I don't know what I'm gonna say I don't I don't know truthfully I think my answer is I don't know and I yeah but I don't know why I think is my answer I I guess maybe it comes from I guess like it's a bit of a nature nurture thing, but like, because we're sort of nurtured um, through everything we, everything we see, like TV, film, your parents and everything. It's like, it's, it's always been a crying is a private thing. And the part of the film where someone's crying, walking down the street, you like, you're made to believe like, oh, they are so upset and they can't hold it in at all. Um, but like crying is always perceived as this as this private thing, so maybe that's where we 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 get it from. But like like you, Callum, I to be fair, had do not have the answer specifically. Just picking up on, I know Callum's got a lot that he probably wants to talk about, or like direct conversation in. Um, but just picking up on you mentioned film and TV, and I don't know if being drama students, I can't help but bring it up. Um, I don't know if that's played maybe a role. Um, not only kind of like the culture at school and maybe kind of boys and girls being quite separate and talking about different things and I know like things have massively changed since we grew up and I know that's really not that long ago but like the whole like splitness (laughs) the the way that girls and boys are kind of split into very separate groups at school and that I think I, I think that's changed in terms of kind of conversations and stuff you see on social media it seems that like and as attitudes in society have changed, I feel like there's got less of a kind of strict divide between boys and girls and a lot more awareness and kind of it's okay for girls to wear blue and boys to wear pink and that sort of easy stuff, which should have been kind of okay from day one. But um, I don't know in terms of kind of 
film and TV is obviously a massive thing growing up where you see perpetuated these kind of stereotypes or kind of ways which boys and girls have to specifically behave. So I don't know if you had any strong opinions about if that's affected you growing up in any way or seeing certain images of men and certain images of women um, in film or TV. Um, or if there's just in general anything else you kind of feel really important growing up which you think has had a significant effect of like your view as a man and your own mental health yeah I think I think we're always gonna I think everyone's gonna always aspire to have their life <laughs> like a movie because spectacular things happens in happen in movies and it seems amazing and definitely for us when we we're growing up there is very much uh uh um oh my god word <laughs> an image of what what men do and what women do um and how i don't think there was growing up i i personally can't think of anything i watched which showed male mental health and how that how we should deal with that um i'm sure there is now because it's such so much more of an open open conversation but we i'm sure we didn't have it um and yeah like i i really do think that that's always going to shape how you think you should uh you should conduct your life because like i said like spectacular things happen in films and you want spectacular things to happen in your life so you just model what you do on what those characters do definitely i think as i think it just goes into like being that age you are so influential and like everything that you want like you do like you absorb everything as a child and um poppy you were like mentioning like how like growing up a lot of tv shows did perpetuate the the like the binaries like this is what men should do and this is what women should do and like this is how men conduct themselves and this is how women conduct themselves um and then just on a personal level when i when i was like i don't fit into that like this is what a man should do and like men are like really masculine and men are men like and then i was men you couldn't see yourself being portrayed on tv you're like that goes into that whole idea of like that is what I should be but this is not what I am and then um I think from a personal level like me growing up knowing that I was bisexual and I wasn't like all this kind of thing the only time I ever saw representation of like people realizing their sexuality was their life was miserable like they hated themselves they didn't want to be like gay or bisexual so then that kind of when you see what you think oh that is me being represented on screen that kind of like feeds into that notion of like I'm not this masculine man I'm that kind of representation so that's what I'm going to be so I think that's really important about the images that are painted and the images that are acted out and I think that just becomes a part of being easily influenced. I think the way that I wanted to just move the conversation on a little bit is I think it's clear that in of like recent years, like men's mental health has become a topic that people are like more open to talk about. I just wanted to know personally, Jonah, like where do you see them conversations? Like what settings do you see them conversations? And just like a few examples, like do you see them in like film and TV or like, is it more like on social media or what kind of settings, areas, mediums do you see the narrative of? men's mental health unfolded um i think 
social media is a big one and that's probably because i spend a lot of time on social media as many of us do um so uh and like for me personally like really into my sports for example and there's always a, a lot of campaigns of of things like it's okay not to be okay um in sports and um and yeah and and then definitely in in tv and films now like depression and anxiety is so well represented like i'm don't know if you guys are fans of of big mouth uh the tv show but i think that does just such an amazing job of of visualizing what it feels like um i was so baffled by it the latest season when sorry spoilers if anyone hasn't seen it the the latest season when they introduced the anxiety mosquito it was so accurate and i like I remember watching it and thinking like that thing is so annoying. Oh, that's what's that, that's what anxiety feels like. Um, so yeah, I definitely see it a lot more in just general pop culture. And then I think because of that, you know, that's what we all see and that's what's popular. And because of that, the conversation has been so much more open with just my mates and my I know I personally try my absolute best to to make a conscious effort to check up on my mates and take them for walks and and things like that just and i think that's probably because oh i know like how i felt when felt when i felt really rubbish and i knew it just made a massive difference when someone just lent a bit of so uh yeah that's uh, yeah it's 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 just i don't think i have a specific answer to where that conversation is i think like personally i find it's it's quite all around for want of a better word there i agree i i, I agree especially with me and puppy speak quite a lot actually about social media and i think for a lot of people i think that we've obviously spoken about like the dangers and like the other side of social media but it's such because it's so massive it's such a good platform to be able to have them conversations and to educate and then to inform and I think just like a like a bit of a question about what you think because it's so out there on like tv and film and because it's being spoke about quite a lot on social media do you think there comes like a sensitivity with if someone says one thing wrong that it like you were saying portrayals are so accurate on tv does that increase if there was one portrayal that is not so accurate and quite damaging what kind of effect do you think that'll have because these platforms are so big and so influential yeah i know you, you make a really good point and i think i think the things to remember for for anyone who might take issue with with a certain way that mental health is portrayed on tv or film is that no one's experience of it is the same like as we've established earlier like in our different experiences Callum like no one's experience is the same so it's not to say that I think if you don't agree with how it's portrayed on the television it's not to say that's wrong it's just to say that that's not how you perceive it and so like whenever you do watch something that portrays mental health or something you need to do your absolute best to go into it with an absolute open mind and understand that that's just someone else's interpretation of it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And me and Poppy have said right from the beginning of this 
show that we set up I think we had it on like the first episode where we were like we can only talk from personal experience like my my story of mental health is not Poppy's story of mental health and I think that's exactly what you've just said mental health is so arbitrary it's not a this is how you experience mental health so if you don't and I think that's probably like a reason why so many people don't want to talk about mental health because they're led under the, under this illusion that this is how mental health is and like actually I don't quite experience it like that so am I experiencing bad mental health so I think it's really important to like underline that idea that it is so different and people's experiences are completely and utterly different. I also just wanted to pick up on, um, I know we've kind of talked to touch on TV and film, which is going into my dissertation environment, um, but just kind of hone it back into men's mental health specifically. In relation to sport, or kind of sports societies, sports group, I know you kind of mentioned earlier you were in the rugby group, and obviously I don't have own personal experiences about it, but obviously there are there are stereotypes of certain groups such as rugby boys and rugby lads I've heard of since secondary school I've also like heard on heard about throughout uni and I just didn't know coming from your own experiences Jonah of being in different sports groups how you thought maybe you also touched on how kind of specific sports people on Instagram kind of openly started openly speaking about the mental health and kind of just yeah just talking about kind of your experiences within certain sports groups or sports teams and then how also maybe you've seen it progress um, in terms of different sports personnel speaking out a bit more openly and kind of trying to get rid of that stigma which maybe there is between kind of sport and men's mental health it's yeah yeah oh. <laughs> it's a it's a tough one with rugby specifically because because rugby perpetuates so much of that that burly mass macho a lot of problematic stereotypes about being and ma- being male um i think it can be problematic but i think something to also absolutely like speak for rugby is that when you're part of a team it's such a tight bond with that group of lads and i think yes it is probably a very very difficult environment to have this sort of conversation but considering like the teams i was in i think if i from you know there's probably like 20 people in the squad if i spoke to any of those 20 of those 20 blokes about something i was feeling like that i think they would all have time for me because at the end of the day when you go out like if you play a sport like that there's that whole brotherhood thing of it and you really look out for each other so that's definitely positive in terms of rugby can't speak much for other sports but yeah like yeah I know it sounds a bit ridiculous and stereotype the the whole brotherhood thing of rugby but it is such a big thing so I think if anyone like does find themselves in one of those macho sports um and feels like they couldn't talk about that. I know they have. I know they would have people surrounding them that would do a lot for them in terms of if that is on the rugby pitch. If you know someone gets in a scrap, everyone on the team floods in straight away to protect their their teammate. So I think if you started a conversation about your own mental health with a teammate there, I don't. I can't see it going badly personally. Again, my own experience. Um, yeah. No, I just think it's really interesting because obviously I. I from different sportsmen now coming kind of coming out and talking about their own mental health it seems like there has been a problem and maybe continues to slightly be a problem um obviously in your own experiences it's really good that there has been that kind of 
support and you would hope that yeah some someone would stand by you if it's in like a physical fight or in a mental fight with your kind of with yourself um and that obviously as society kind of grows more aware it sounds really positive that that you you think from your experiences that just as much as people would be there for a fight they'd be there for your kind of own mental battles Callum I didn't know if you had anything else to add just kind of seeing some different sportsmen kind of coming out and talking more openly because for that for me that kind of signifies that there maybe is still part of an issue maybe that is in in certain different teams and maybe more professional environments um but I didn't know what kind of your thoughts were as well as a man kind of on that I don't obviously I don't do sports I've never have done so I don't really know but I think the only thing I can really talk say about sportsmen sports people coming out and speaking about their mental health is I can only just think that it's a good thing and um and the first thing I think of when you were talking about all these people that are involved in sports coming out and talking about their mental health is just how influential them people are like football like rugby players like all these people are so influential and quite a lot of that the people that admire them and look up to them are young people so I can I don't think there's anything bad or anything different to take from it other than it's a really good thing that that people are talking about it and that's all I can really say I don't really have the insider experience from sports I just I the, the first thing I think of is just how influential them people really are and just I was just thinking we were talking about the narrative of men's mental health and how it has become such a topic that people are talking about um how and this is a really big question how do you change that narrative and that discourse into into change how do you incorporate that into actual everyday society yeah you're right big question um um um, and i don't know whether there is like some sort sort of big institutionalized thing that can happen and maybe that is the way to go about it but what i can speak for is what just men on a personal level can do for other other blokes and i like you know it's it's such an easy thing to say and you probably hear people say it a lot but just check up on your mates and and even if they're if if you your mate is visibly down and he says yeah i'm fine and you know he's lying and we know we've all done that maybe you don't need to necessarily go like talk to me about it talk to me about it what's going on what's going on what's going on you don't even need to do that take him out for a walk for an hour go and laugh at some of the ducks in the park go and give them five different names because they're silly just taking your mate out to distract them from something and and then regularly check up on them and continue doing that first of all it's not only i mean the the primary thing that's going to happen is you're going to help them but you're also going to help yourself because at the end of the day we're all we all need to get out and just have a break from any thought that you're having so you're not just helping him you're helping yourself as well um I hope that's a good enough answer. I I think it's spot on. I think, and I I agree. I I always say, me in conversations about mental health, that we are just people. We're not we're not part of like this big massive body, or we're not a part of government that can change from the top. We're only like 
we're, we're merely just people existing and we're we're dealing with our own mental health ourselves so I, I i do believe that there is change that government can do and i believe that there's change that that these big organizations and institutions can do but we are we are just people ourselves and i think what you said about what men can do for other men and i think it is just not only speaking about it and speaking about it when it's convenient or speaking about it oh it's men's mental health awareness month i'll speak about it now just practicing what we've literally been speaking about today and i think this is from a personal again we, we've both been speaking from personal perspectives today but i think there's a lot of hypocrisy sometimes that I will talk the talk about men's mental health, but I won't walk the walk. And it's, if you say men's mental health matters, that's men's mental health matters. It's not just the men that you like, mental health matters. That's the men that are asylum seekers. That's the men that are, that, that's gay men, that's trans men. It's, that is men's mental health matters. So I think that's exactly it, what men can do for other men. How can you be a better advocate for, men's mental health and that's not going to completely eradicate men's mental health altogether but for what you can do personally I think that was spot on that it's what men can do for other men I think that's really important and I think finally we are coming to the end of our conversation but I just wanted to end on the point about what advice would you give to younger people so say you were given Jonah in secondary school advice what advice would you give to your younger self regarding your relationship with mental health? Yeah, I think advice I'd give to myself uh, back then is just get out and exercise more. Um, like take time to yourself personally and don't try and be anything you're not. It's really pointless and it's going to make you feel even more claustrophobic because whether you think you're a really good actor, <laughs> you can't act for the whole of your life. <laughs> um, so yeah, and just also like, <clears throat> I think a big part of the of of dealing with any mental health is be brave, be ballsy in in the. Well, there we go. There's another problematic phrase: be ballsy. <clears throat> um, I think a big part of it is. And it, and it ties into a lot of what we've discussed about today, like when I, when I was talking about, um, you know, being in a rugby team and whether you you could go and just chat to anyone. Maybe it feels like an atmosphere where you couldn't do that, but it just takes one person to be brave. Um, and just be brave and put yourself out there. And that's whether you're helping someone or you're trying to help yourself. If you're helping someone, be, being brave and telling them how you felt in the past and being honest about your experience with them can make them feel so much less alone. And then if you're the one that um, needs help, being brave and telling someone I'm not okay, I think you'd really be surprised and how ready people are to try and make you feel better and how much people will care about you when you actually say that. Especially, I think that's a really nice kind of point to kind of end on in the fact that being brave can really help other people who may have been more affected by problematic phrases, specifically against men or kind of experiences 
of yeah of having that kind of stereotype or that kind of pressure put on to be be a man and those people who need one of their mates to kind of prompt them into kind of breaking down that stigma and breaking through that kind of subconscious effect which it may have had on them I agree I think that's a really nice point to end on and I just want to thank you Jonah for coming on and speaking to us today and you've been it's been a really lovely conversation I think you've just been really honest if I can get my words out really honest and I just yeah just thank you for coming on and speaking to us absolute pleasure I've really enjoyed myself actually good um do you have I haven't, I've, we haven't ever done this before. We haven't ever offered anyone a song choice, but I kind of feel like we should. Come on, I kind of, I kind get of, in I'm, there. Exactly. And I, I kind of feel like, you know, Desert Island Discs, which is literally the best radio show ever. Um, I can give you, get you to my, my whole Desert Island Disc right now, mate. Maybe not all of them, but yeah, no, if you could choose you one as a reward one. for coming on the show, and be, it, it has been so lovely to have you on. And I think it's really good as well, because you and Callum have had quite contrasting experiences, which is always really important to kind of get a more well-rounded view of the situation obviously it's still only your own personal experiences but I think it's been really good and um beneficial especially for me I've learned quite a lot about so many different things and aspects of men's mental health um so yeah if you could send us out with a song so I I was listening but I was just checking whether it is explicit or not and it's not so that is an absolute win um I'm a big fan of hip-hop there is a song called The Negativity by uh group called flame griller um if you are struggling at all stick that on and listen to it properly and then finish it and then listen to it again and then learn the words because it is the hap- it just makes me really happy and makes me feel not alone all the time so absolute banger